Our kids did a wonderful job of reading our scripture passage this morning from Isaiah. It starts with again that Lord spoke to Ahaz. So we know this is not the first time that the Lord has spoken to him. The Lord tells Ahaz to ask him for a sign. And we see Ahaz seemingly humbly here say, no, I won't ask. I won't put my Lord God to the test. As nice of a response as that initially seems, we see Isaiah is then frustrated with Ahaz. He is not happy with his response. Isaiah responds, hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Now, if you're wondering like I did, this seems like a huge change in his tone here and in the shift of the conversation. Why is he so frustrated with Ahaz? To understand why he's responding this way, let's find out what is happening at the time in this passage. Ahaz is the king of Judah. He became king when he was just 20 years old. From the beginning of his reign, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He had a habit of seeking and trusting in human understanding and solutions. And if we could go ahead and get the second map up there. Or that map, yes, that map, thank you. So we have the king of Judah, kingdom of Judah in yellow. There are two other kingdoms at this time trying to fight at Jerusalem, which is located at the top of that yellow space there on the kingdom of Judah. King Rezin of Aram, which is at the very top, it's not colored, but it's above Israel in the blue. And King Pekah of Israel. Now these two kingdoms did not end up overpowering Judah, but King Ahaz and all of Judah were shaken up by this attack. They knew they had little chance of surviving an attack from these two larger kingdoms. Ahaz was already planning on sending a message asking for help to the Assyrian king. And you can see the Assyrian king on our second map here. Coming up, there we are. So you see Judah, Israel, Aram, and Assyria, this larger kingdom over here. This was the most powerful kingdom to ask for help. They were the big guys on the block. Surely if the Assyrians would help Judah, they would be good to go. Again, this is Ahaz turning to human solutions, his own plans first. It was not a habit for him to turn to God for help in times of distress. A little bit before our passage, in Isaiah 7, 7, the sovereign Lord is talking to Ahaz, and he says this, it will not take place, it will not happen. The Lord is telling Ahaz that though the other royals are plotting against Judah, Judah will not be overthrown. Coming back to our passage now, why was Isaiah so frustrated with Ahaz's response? Isaiah was looking to see, will Ahaz put his faith in God? Or will he put his faith in Assyria who looks mighty and powerful? Ahaz already had that agenda to ignore God's plan. His seemingly humble response of not wanting to put God to the test was false humility. It was a cover from being in a real relationship with God, a relationship of faith in God's promises. It takes courage to have faith in God. It's not easy to be patient and anticipate God's promises, especially when we see worldly powers that look like surefire wins, worldly powers that make their strength loud and visible. However, God's power, God's salvation, does not come in might and strength and fanfare. God's power comes humbly in a manger. The Lord already knew in this conversation that Ahaz's faith was severely lacking. This is why the Lord says to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest of depths or the highest of heights. 
God gives us signs to inspire faith in his power and confirm his promises to those who lack faith. There are some powers and leaders who will respond in different ways when their own followers lack faith. An example that came to mind for me was from Star Wars. You guys are familiar with Star Wars, right? Or you've seen it or heard of it? If you didn't know, my family's kind of big into Star Wars. My son's name is Lucas George and my dog's name is Kylo, so take that as you will. In this scene, Star Wars A New Hope, one of Darth Vader's followers is arguing that their station, their Death Star, is the most powerful thing. They can destroy planets. It's even more powerful than the Force. Darth Vader responds then to his follower, who lacks faith, by using the Force to inflict pain and utters the line, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Darth Vader inflicts pain to show his, fo to show his followers his power when his followers lack faith. When we lack faith, God asks us to be bold. God tells us to show him his power through signs from the deepest of depths or the highest of heights, the widest possibility of options to ask of your God. However, King Ahaz doesn't even bother asking. It's not because he has humility and reverence towards God. He's putting on a facade of piety, pretending to look religious. This is actually his unbelief coming out here. He was determined to, to follow the decisions and plans he already made, putting his faith in Assyria. Even after Ahaz doesn't ask God for a sign, Isaiah then still tells him, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. And we know today as Christians that the virgin is Mary, the son to be born is Jesus, and Emmanuel is God with us. God with us and fulfills his promises. God's power comes to earth humbly in a manger. He doesn't come in the way we think of as powerful and mighty. Kings are known to be born in royal palaces, yet Jesus, King Jesus, is born in a manger. He's not born in a palace. He's not born in a, a heated room or a warm room. There's no soft bed to lay him in. Mary does not have a midwife on site to help deliver her baby. It is just her and Joseph. Even thinking of today's comforts that we have during delivery, there's no hospital. There's no doctors and nurses on site. There's no, there's no comfort during this time. There's no TV shows to watch. They are, in a man they are being born in a manger. He's being born in a manger, no comforts of today. Jesus, he came to earth in the flesh like us. He could get cuts and bruises just like us. He could get a runny nose, a stomach ache. He came in the flesh to dwell among us, being fully human like us, while being fully God. There is no space that God does not dwell with us. He doesn't announce himself with fanfare. There won't be TV coverage that he is here with us. There won't be a parade. There won't be a Facebook event post. Because God is with us in the humble, ordinary, everyday. The ordinary is sacred. There is holiness in the humble. God is with you when you drive to work. God is with you when you're preparing dinner for your family. God is with you when you're doing the mundane chores that you wish you weren't doing, but he is with you. God is with you in the everyday, in the humble, ordinary. We are to anticipate that the things of God are ordinary. How do we do this? How do we recognize God in the everyday and the uneventful? We are called to worship him in our daily lives. We build relationship with God through reading the Bible, through praying daily, through caring for others, through sharing testimony of what the Lord has done in your life. 
Daily worship helps us to build that habit to trust in God and not our own plans. Ahaz had a hard time trusting God in the present. He wasn't relying on the past. He wasn't recalling the spiritual history of God's fulfilled promises to his people. It can be easy for us to actually be like Ahaz. How often do you try to accomplish your plans on your own, especially when times are difficult? Is it easy to turn to God first? Or maybe it's a habit to turn to your own ideas first. After all, I can just Google five ways to get this done efficiently. Or maybe if I schedule out my week with all my plans, I can fit them all in. Or maybe, um, maybe this, is, this is too big for me to do, and I'm just going to ignore this difficult time altogether. It can be easier to be like Ahaz when we don't have an, a habit of anticipating God's promises. So how do we anticipate his promises? We watch and wait for God in his timing, not in our timing. Have you ever had your prayers answered before? Whether short-term prayers or long-term prayers, maybe even keep a prayer journal. I have a prayer journal that I keep on my phone. And right now it has about 20 prayers or so on it. And I can look through those prayers, and some of those prayers are short-term. And some of them I've been praying for two years, or some of them even five years now. And it can become discouraging when you're praying those long-term prayers of two years, five years, thinking, God, why haven't I seen you move in this yet? How come you haven't answered these prayers that I am praying? Anticipate God's promises. Remember God's faithfulness through what he has already done. Even when you're waiting for the long term, even in years of waiting and being faithful to him, remember what God has done for you in your life. For me, I can look back on that same prayer journal app. I, I told you I have about 20 prayers on there that I'm praying right now, but there's a section I can look and see answered prayers. There are over 50 answered short term and long term, twice the amount that I have right now. I can see God's faithfulness and promises fulfilled even when my long-term prayers have not yet been answered. Anticipate God's promises in your life. Listen and be willing to hear what God has to say. Worship the Lord in your everyday ordinary. Build the habit to turn to God in both the good and especially the difficult times. Practice patience and wait on the Lord's timing. Don't be tempted to do things in your own timing like Ahaz. Believe and have faith, anticipating God's promises to come. It's almost time for the special celebration of Emmanuel. God is with us this coming next Sunday on Christmas Day. Before you go on your way today, I would like to give you a blessing in order to equip you as God's people as you are sent out into the world. Would you please stand with me? And I'd like to invite you to hold out your hands with your palms facing up as a symbolic sign to receive the blessing. This is practicing your physical and your spiritual posture aligning together. Go on your way, rejoicing at the one who comes among us in humility, yet overflowing with grace and truth. Grace, mercy, and peace from the creator, savior, and redeemer will be with you now and always. Amen. You are dismissed.